In order to get the most out of ParentWise, listen to episode one, episode two, and our bonus episode, Long Game Parenting. After that, listen to whatever you want. Mom, mom, mama, what's ParentWise? So when do you want to go to sleep? None time. Parentwise is wildly honest. We talk to real parents about real issues. Parents often have no place to go to figure out what to do and how to fix it. A community of parents who find solutions that work in the real world. The first step to fixing anything is understanding the why of it. Hi, I'm Carrie Jordan. And I'm Dr. B. And, and this, this is Parentwise. We are finally at the end of our first season. We made it. We did, we did. So I'm, I'm looking forward to today's presentation because we are going to sort of go over all of the things that we're hoping people hopefully took away from this, learned in terms of bettering their parenting. And so it's kind of a summary session. Yeah, we're going to do a, a recap, if you will. Yeah, da 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 da. <laughs> Isn't she adorable, folks? Oh, no. Let's <laughs> not go there. <laughs> okay, go ahead. All right, so the first episode that we did, one of my favorite episodes, is where we talked about why it's important to understand misbehavior. And it, it really is the first step towards making any kind of change is understanding the why behind it. So we talked about the four goals of misbehavior. We talked about attention getting, power, revenge, and display of inadequacy. You know, I can't do anything. Right. I'm, I'm lame. I'm small. <laughs> Help me with everything. Right. And during the time that we discussed this, we also talked about the fact that all four of those goals that at first blush look as if they are negative also have positive influences with kids that it is important to get that it is important to get positive attention be in a positively powerful situation to be in charge and in control of things and the flip side of revenge is to make sure there's justice and fairness and the flip side of incompetence is adequacy and feeling like you are competent to do things mm -hmm. or competent to at least try and ultimately yeah a sense of accomplishment mm -hmm. and a sense of um, independence right and uh, self-reliance right so for those of you who for whatever reason decided to ignore our, our advice and skip to <laughs> That's me making that noise of yeah. disapproval. I'm wagging my finger too. Yes. For those of you who didn't listen to episodes one, two, and three, I would always urge you to go back. And for those of you who uh, get a little foggy on this, go back and listen to one, two, and three because number one is all about the four goals of misbehavior and how to know which goal your child is up to because that is the basis for what we did in episode two, which is learning how to consequence kids and how to take the anger and the frustration, the yelling and the screaming, 
the cajoling and all of the rest of it. I love the word cajoling. Yeah, isn't that a good just, word? you know, <laughs> I'm going to look up the literal um, definition of that. And maybe I'll just throw it in here. Cajole. <laughs> to cajole. Stop cajoling. The second session episode. I'm relearning this. Um, She's been saying session. I know. For I've many, many saying, years. <laughs> yeah, 40 plus years yeah, of sessions. Yeah. So now it's episodes. The second episode is what is a logical consequence? And... How do we use logical and natural consequences to help correct children's misbehavior? And how to use choices appropriately? And we talk about the... The five R's. Yep, the five R's. Of logical consequences. Right. If you look at the five R's, they basically clarify what makes something a, a consequence or a punishment. Because versus a punishment. Versus yeah. a punishment, right. When we are punishing kids we're basically getting even with them we're saying look i'm the boss you do it my way and if you don't do it my way i get to get even yeah that's fun yeah i'm just kidding <laughs> it, it may be fun and it may work momentarily <laughs> yeah but... it's fun at the moment not yeah. so fun afterwards no it doesn't and, work you know you can't raise kids being heavy-handed both literally and figuratively um, years ago i worked in a continuation school these were teenagers who basically kind of stayed out until all hours. The parents didn't have a whole lot of control. However, almost all of them had one or both parents periodically lose it and try to coerce them by physical punishment. And the thing that was so interesting to me is that over the couple of years that I worked there, periodically I'd see a kid come in and he'd be bruised, he'd have a black eye, I'd say, what happened? And he'd say, well, my dad's never going to hit me again. And I'd say, what? what? <laughs> and they said, yeah, he tried to uh, whip me like he used to, but I'm bigger than he is now. And I took him down. Yeah, that's the problem with corporal punishment is eventually they do get pretty large, your yep. children, <laughs> and, and can physically uh, fight back. Right. The other um, thing is just to note, for people is it, it was legal back then yes you could do that I mean beating them with a you know like a closed fist obviously not but there were I mean you know I was in a public school where parents if they approved it our teachers would would uh, spank us right you know, or hit us with a paddle right or a belt yeah yep. yeah back in the day of course you never approved that but there were kids in my class that did yeah. that where it was approved it was I horrible. just thought it was terrible. Well, it's just so humiliating for those kids, too. Like, yeah. Literally, you know, I do something that I shouldn't be doing, and I get, like, a stern talking to. And and then this kid gets taken outside, and, you can, you know, it echoes through the halls. Yeah. It's just horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Not good. No. Not good. So, that was episode two. <laughs> episode three was absolutely one of my favorites because episodes one and two were things that I've been training and teaching parents for years. And I love that Carrie put all the pieces together. Ah, uh, you're not talking about episode three. You're talking about our first bonus episode. Ah, Long that's true. Long game parenting. Long game parenting, right. I call it episode three because it was the third, third one. It certainly was. And <laughs> you know what? In our next season, we're not going to do the bonus episodes. We're just going to call them numbers. Episodes. Yeah, in order. Live right. and learn. Live and learn. <laughs> 
So long game parenting. So long game parenting is uh, the framework for our method, the long game parenting method, which is based on the idea that we are not raising children, we are raising adults, and that, that we have to prepare, take our time as parents, because it is not a long time in the scope of things, you know, maybe 25% of a person's life is spent as a child, if they live long enough, God willing. And so we have to take the opportunity while they're with us not just to get them through childhood, but to prepare them for adulthood, which really reframes the whole way that you parent and does a lot of very positive things for right. you and for the child. Right. Um, so we go over kind of how that whole idea came to be, how it was developed um, with one of my bestest, bestest friends uh, when we were younger and she was a young mom and I was a young, single, not mom. Um <laughs> And then just kind of that I iterated on as time went on um, with my experience with other kids and then also with my experience managing the newer, the younger generations and realizing that there were some real holes, large gaping <laughs> holes in their abilities to uh, to cope and to contribute and to like all, all of these things that just are so crucial. Right. So that's it in a nutshell but you got to go listen to it. Right. The official episode three was our first interview. Right. That's true. It was with Hannah and Matt and their children, Olive, uh, Paxton, and Liam. That's right. And I think Olive is the youngest one that we worked with. She's what, was 15 months? Yeah. Obviously much older now. Yes. Well, maybe not much older. She's not like four, but... <laughs> What would you say were the biggest takeaways? Episode three, I thought, was really great for a few reasons. One is it deals with a child who's pre-verbal and a little girl who's violent, which is always, you know, a nice change of pace. Uh, <laughs> not to say that they're not. They are. It's just we never talk about it. It doesn't right. end up being talked about. And also, I enjoyed I enjoyed the, the solutions because they had to be changed in the middle of things. We, we had more than one conversation with Hannah. Um, and Matt to alter our recommendations because some of the stuff we were recommending didn't work. Right. And we didn't know what her actual needs were, so we weren't able to fill those needs and, right. until we tried a couple things. And that's, I think, a really important thing for people to remember, and that's why we're summarizing. We're kind of looking for the things that we want people to remember in all of their parenting, which is that you may have tried something with your oldest child and it worked like a charm, it worked quickly, it was a permanent fix, and on they went. And you try it with your second child, and no go. Um, second child either receives it differently, it isn't the same thing, they just need something different. And, you know, <laughs> we, we talk about children's behavior as science experiments, basically parenting is a science as well. We have to figure out with each child what is going to be the easiest and most effective way of parenting that child to adulthood. Mm -hmm. And kids are going to need different things. Yeah, so I thought that was great. And then also, um, I also was happy with uh, some of the issues that she broached with um, 
Paxton because they're just so common. The freaking out over basically nothing is <laughs> like one of huge the most, meltdowns. I mean, huge, huge meltdowns over a missing Lego piece. You know, <laughs> and and I think that's just one of the the basics that we're gonna go over a lot. And I thought it was great for our first interview to talk about how to handle that. And um, you know, the follow up with them uh, was fantastic. I was really, really excited to hear how effective everything was. Effective the change in our suggestion to help with the hitting with Mm -hmm. Olive. That worked like a charm and it was just done. And same thing with the temper tantrums with Paxton. They lessened greatly because he wasn't getting his needs met by freaking out. Right. So overall, that, um, that family was wonderful and they were a great first family, I thought. I learned a lot from talking to them and and really enjoyed that. Yeah. Episode four, Christy and Bill with their son, Henry. Yeah, Christy and Bill, their son, Henry, who is super, um, like, he's very um, sensitive emotionally, does a lot of, like, negative self-talk, some of which is a manipulation, but also is, you know, hits... The parents in such a way that it, it it's too scary to treat it as a manipulation. So right. they react as though it is 100% real, just in case it is. Mm-hmm. And while that is completely understandable, it also feeds in and perpetuates the problem. So talking to them about how to go about not getting into that with him and allowing him not sitting down and going, no, you are very smart. No, you're not dumb. No. But to, to just keep it very, very simple. And I'm really sorry you feel that way about yourself. I do not feel that way about you. Right. And, and not, not really getting involved with it. Right. It's, it's, uh, when I was growing up, somebody would say, are you fishing for a compliment? Mm-hmm. And it is a way that children, when they're feeling needy, will say something in order to get you to respond. And that's a cue for us. It means that we have to look at what's going on in their life. We have to see if we can figure out what's perhaps causing them to feel needier and to try and nip it in the bud. Yeah. I noticed... And, and some people some people are just needy. I mean, they'll always, yeah. they'll always have that sensitive kind of thread. But those are the ones that need to be able to have the coping skills right. to be able to handle that part of themselves and manage that part of themselves. doesn't mean it's going to go away. You're not, you know, they are still who they are. But how do you give them the tools to, to turn that around, to turn the negative self-talk around? Because it's really not, I mean, it's just not useful at no, all. No, no. Well, and I was thinking about this with Rue. Um, Rue sometimes has a hard time. Monkey is just so cute, and she gets a lot of attention. And I notice, I I always try and keep my awareness there. Uh, It's hard not to pay attention to the monkey. But I always have my feelers out for when Rue is feeling like she's on the outside Mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. And that's something that parents have to tune into, which is if you have a child that maybe not for good reasons, is getting a lot of attention. You need to keep those feelers out to make sure that the other children are not feeling resentful, angry, uh, let down. Mm -hmm. Ignored. Ignored, yeah. And that's when you take some time 
to set aside time and talk about their feelings. Right. Uh, it's something I do with Rue periodically. I'll say, you know, it's got to be hard sometimes to be the big sister and to watch everybody fuss over this baby who can't do half of what you do. Yeah. Yeah, I love that you do that with her. I think that's it's just really, really important. And I do it in my in my own way um, uh, and talk a lot about how hard it is to get older and older and that, you know, that the monkey's going to go through the same things that she's going through, but she'll be further ahead and we'll be able to kind of help her if she wants to right. or mock her, whatever her choice may be. <laughs> and, um, you know, I chose mockery with David, so it's up to her. It's all about choices. Still. It's all about choices. But luckily, Henry's an only child. Yes. So, uh, which causes its own issues, right? But, right. But they, um, and then the video game, remember, there was a lot of uh, screen time problems there. Right. And, um, you know, he's in therapy. They're working with him. They're doing all of that. They, they did implement some of the things when we did the follow-up. We had talked about doing a family meeting to restructure bedtime so that it wasn't such an ordeal every night. And... Uh, that I remember was was one thing that they did and was working at the time. They really were struggling with the, with responding to the negative self talk in any other way besides, you know. She said, I remember her saying, some days are better than others. It just depends. Yeah. So you know, I mean, what more can you ask for? Is, right, is to just try. You know. Um, well, and I think that's something that bears noting, which is that. We I periodically hear out in the media, you know, the perfect this, the perfect that, and, and somehow we have this crazy idea that there can be such a thing as a perfect parent or a perfect child. Mm -hmm. And there just isn't any such thing. Perfect yeah. by whose standards? Are you a coffee snob? I'm a coffee snob and I am completely unapologetic. This is why I want to share with you a company that I've begun buying coffee from. They're called Unincorporated Coffee Roasters. I did check. They are, in fact, unincorporated. So, honesty in advertising, who doesn't love that? Unincorporated Coffee Roasters is a small company. And parent-wise, we really like supporting small businesses with products that we absolutely love. Because they're small, they roast their beans in small batches. And my guess is that if you weren't already a coffee snob, this coffee will turn you into one. To find out more and order online, please go to unincorporated.coffee. We will also have the website link on our website, parentwise.com. So then in our fifth episode, we have Kelly and Zarani with their daughter, Nora. Yeah. Oh, if pictures could tell a thousand tales. Yeah. I have the most wonderful picture I want you all to imagine. Um, our, our tall Rue with blonde hair, skinny little, knobby kneed, cutest thing ever, wearing a... Batman cape Batman and cape and, and hat. The mask of and, the Batman. And right. Over her pajamas. Over uh, PJ mask pajamas. Right, right. With a sword. Right. With Nora, her best friend, who's wearing a, it's like a party dress. It was chiffon with layers on the skirt. Yeah. And that's what she wore to the house. Yeah. That was her dress. To yeah. Wear. And it was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I think it also had some sequins on it. Oh, yes, it did. And so there she is. It, imagine a little Red Riding Hood outfit. Like the made red, out of pink tulle, pink tulle with flowers. She's got a hood on it, and around the face 
are these big fluffy flowers and she's got it tied at her neck and she's about a half a head shorter than Rue and she is just angelic looking. She is yeah. curly, curly haired with a bow in her hair. Yeah. <laughs> and her mom yeah. said she lays out her hair accessories. The night before. The night before. Yeah. I just love that. I, I just love that. And our, our Rue, I mean, she was as happy as could be in her pajamas. Oh, my God. She was so excited. She got to wear them all day. <laughs> yeah. No, so. polar opposites. And it just works somehow. I love that. But, yeah, Kelly and Zerani, um, Kelly and Z, that was a really fun one. That was a really fun one for me. It was really interesting to me because I was able to ask them a bunch of questions about kind of their perspective on, you know, uh, having a biracial child and where they live. And um, I thought, you know, at least to me, those comments, you know, the, that aspect of the talk was really interesting. And then when it came to um, the issues with Nora, it's mainly just sassiness and a display of inadequacy when it comes to doing her tutoring work. And we I remember focused a lot on the fact that she was four years old yeah. <laughs> getting tutored <laughs> You know, know. Uh, for no reason. She's not behind. She's not, you know, not for no reason, but for keeping up with the Joneses reasons. (laughs) And um, and that her dad, Z, is a tiger dad, as we as 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 Kelly called him and is like constantly pushing. And and we questioned that um, and and the the wisdom of that. And um, and we tried to help them with how to kind of talk to her when she is being sassy, you know, the, or not talk to her. You know, I don't talk to people who talk to me that way, hand up, walk away. And they had some success with that as well. Right. And I think they were pretty good at doing it without anger, which is where most people fail. Yeah. You know, a lot of times people will say, I am not talking to you, blah, blah, blah. And they get an attitude towards their child, which turns what is the most logical kind of thing into not a consequence, not a, not a logical consequence, more of a Keep well, it up and keep it up and things are going to go bad. Well, and also it's like what it's like um, withdrawing your love a little bit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's 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 showing them disdain where the other one is just a fact of life. I don't talk to people who are mean to me or who are rude to me. Right. I don't. Right. And that makes sense. Of course. And it's not just you. It's everybody. It's everybody. It's that's a rule in my life. And it's a rule in general that, you know, no one wants to talk to you when you're being a jerk. That's an important rule for people to learn if they want to, you know, grow up and have friends. It is. Yeah. It is indeed. Then we went to episode six, Lindsay and Brad with daughter Esty. <laughs> oh, man. That was great because I loved Lindsay's, um, <laughs> her, her reenactment of Esty's uh, meltdowns. That reenactment is so spot on and hilarious. And um, and they with with Esty, Esty's a really quote you know good kid, and she's a perfectionist. Um, she doesn't like to try new things because she's afraid of failing, and she wants everything. She wants to be good at everything. And then also she was you know having those giant meltdowns whenever she heard the word no. And man, that one went very, very well. I was yeah. really excited about that because 
they really only had to do it, you know, hey, if you want to freak out, why don't you do that in your room and you can come out when you're ready to talk about it. You know, it happened a few times and, and then it just stopped. I loved what she said, too, is, you know, it, it wouldn't last long in the room and then it would get quiet and she'd tippy toe over to peek in and there she was coloring or doing something, something else, reading yeah. a book. Yep, and she forgot that she yep. was uh, supposed to be tantruming, and then she got busy with other things. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, that's fantastic. And I think the one thing that we really left with is, you know, that there was a lot of talk of, you know, her having anxiety. This was in our follow-up. And me encouraging, you know, we, we really encourage parents to ask the child why. Like, what is happening? What's your experience? Instead of assuming that they're anxious, um, ask them. If there's something going on, how come, you know, why do you get so upset whenever you don't get 100% on a test? You know, oh, I feel stupid. Well, are you really stupid? Is that what that is that what that actually means? Let's talk about that. What does it mean when you don't get 100% to you? You know, and, and rather than trying to assume or, or kind of deduce ourselves what our child needs, asking them how they feel. Right. And even if they can't put words to it, you can encourage them to learn how to do that. And and they, that's a really important, it's just such an important thing for them to be able to do is express kind of where they're frustrated, where they're sad, where they're anxious. I think that was talked about in the follow-up. And I'll have to talk to her and see if they've had an opportunity to ask her some of those questions. Because Essie's the kind of kid who has the vocabulary if not the wherewithal, but, you know, she does have the vocabulary to answer questions like that, probably better than your average, right. you know, your average kid of her age, right. six, seven years old. So, Well, and I think it's so important to let children know that we care about what they're thinking, we care about what they're feeling, and that we all think things, we all feel things, and as grown-ups, we process very differently than they do. And there's no way for them to know how to process their thoughts and their feelings, unless we teach that. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's important to just ask them, hear what they think is happening within themselves. Right. And if they don't know, you give them some options. Mm -hmm. Try not to lead them too far down a path, but you give them options. Right, right. So episode seven was with Dove and Aura. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, children Cole, Nava, and Shlomo. But we talked more about about Nava, who is hilarious. <laughs> um, that kid is funny. And also, um, so with her, it was touching things that she wasn't supposed to touch. And with Cole, it was, again, just being disrespectful in the way he spoke to them. And they went all in on that and got some really great results. Yes, they, they did. Were, I mean, they were like down to the letter of what we had said and did it in such a like just the, the tone of voice and everything that you know and and when we when we followed up with them they're like I don't know I think they know like they're being really good and I think they just you know they sense a shift in things sure and they won't last forever and by the way I I see that a lot in a clinical sense when I work with parents in the office and they are both determined um to make something be very different. Mm -hmm. They'll come back sometimes and say, we never had to do that because it's almost like they knew we were ready for them. Yeah. And I think that's often true. Children Kids do. Kids can smell confidence in parenting. <laughs> <laughs> Bees can smell fear. Kids can smell confidence. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, ugh, all right. 
They seem to know what they're doing. Yeah. And so episode eight was with Peely and Mark with their son Gabriel. A little, little uh, jumping bean yes, of a kid. The most active child possibly in the world. And, um, <laughs> and that was a good one because it was really about about the difficulties that parents face is, you know, telling their child, if you're going to flip out, you need to go do that in your room right. while still being supportive of, of the fact that they're having these feelings, these big feelings and saying, Hey, we let's, I want to address the feelings, but I can't do that. No one can do anything until you've been able to soothe yourself a little bit and come to a place where a conversation is going to work. Right. It's going to have any kind of effect. I can't talk to you while you're screaming. Right. And feeling like that might make the child make him feel abandoned. And then also they were having problems in the morning, um, getting him motivated to get dressed and get out of the house on time. Um, and with the advice that we had given them about talking to him about the routine, the morning routine, and not getting him dressed and finding the consequences, trying to figure out what those consequences would be if he didn't get himself dressed because he was doing a lot of I can, I don't know how. And then being able to say, oh, well, we were, we're so, we were going to go to the zoo, but we're so tired from having to get you ready in the morning that we aren't going to be able to do that. Or the zoo is really for kids who are able to do, you know. Certain levels of things. Right, exactly. Dress themselves. Yeah. So, um, and, and again, you know, they, they were in a good process with him when we followed up with them and kind of working towards a, a good end, I thought. So we had two bonus episodes. Uh, one was with the man with my same last name, mm, my brother, Ben Waldman. And I, I was so fascinated just listening to him. I think it was probably at Thanksgiving when I talked with him about this, I just thought all that information had to go out to the public. Uh, the bit about having every child's uh, tongue tie be checked at birth or when they're very young to sort of get in front of any potential language problems or even having growth problems. Growth problems. Yeah. And the sleep problems that are caused by adenoids and tonsils and some of the ways we can step in front of that as well. So, um, yeah, and how closely sleep deprivation matches the description of ADD. That is our most downloaded episode. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's good to know. And then finally, Dr. Bredehoft. Dr. Bredehoft. Yes. On overindulgence and the damages it causes. And, um, man, I was really digging his because it, it really backed up with actual research a lot of the things that i already you know that we had already talked about that we knew to be true but didn't necessarily have data on right and he had the data that said almost exactly what we we had been saying and right man, that is so vindicating absolutely i've never felt better about myself. well and this is the thing i think we had a whole generation of parents who thought they were doing this wonderful marvelous thing they thought they were doing one better than their parents. They were going to have these quote-unquote perfect children by giving them this and nurturing them with that and ended up really missing the boat in a very large way. And 
it, it may have made the parents feel better in the moment, thinking they were doing all these wonderful over-the-top things, but it, it basically crippled a lot of kids. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the perfect word for it, too. Yeah. They're out there just flailing. Yeah. So sad to watch. I know. Like fish out of water, and you're just all, I would help you, but you don't seem to want my help. Yeah. Well, not knowing how to get that, not knowing how to ask. Mm -hmm. Those are all basics. being threatened by the idea that they would even need help. That's the problem is like they've been told that they were right and that everything that they do is right for so long that they can't fathom that that's not true. Yes. Yeah. But the thing that I loved about this was that if nothing else, parents always worry that they're being too harsh or that they're not being protective enough. And basically, when you take a look at the guidelines that Dr. Bredehoff put out, he explains very clearly what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing. Right. And it's... And steps for figuring it out. Sure. And we love steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so it's one of the things that when you're worried and starting to feel guilt, feeling guilty about, you know, am I parenting all right? How am, how am I doing? You can look to that list and say, ah, okay, the reason I'm struggling is because my kids are struggling. My kids are struggling is a sign that I am doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. It's just not fun to watch. Yeah, it's hard to watch. But the struggle, that's what it's all about. Yep. That and the hokey pokey. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I didn't I expect that? <laughs> I should have expected that, but I didn't. <laughs> That's what it's all about. I don't know if now, like the newer generation, do they even know what the hokey pokey is? I don't is? know. Well, I don't know. Here, let me explain it. You put your right hand in. You put your right hand out. You put your right hand in. By the way, it's a circle. Yeah. And then you shake it all about. Now, you do the hokey pokey, which is like kind of a side to side, arms up in the air with jazz fingers, and then you turn yourself around, so you make a circle, and that's what it's all about. Yeah. And then you do the rest of your body. Yeah. Your left arm. Yeah, one at a time. Right foot, your left foot, yeah. your your tush, yeah. your elbows. And the whole time you're like, <laughs> your what head. Is, why are we doing this? Yeah, I know. It's kind of goofy. Know, you, you realize in the back of your head, it's what it's all about. What I'm really excited about is is the changes that are going to come in season two and we're, we're just going to change some of the formatting we're going to add some things in um, that we weren't doing before like parent roundtables where we'll just talk about a, a popular topic or a, a popular issue and really work it out with just a bunch of parents chatting in a room and hearing different perspectives and we're going to do obviously more experts and we will have more interviews as well now we will be coming back in the spring date tbd but it won't be too long and I would like to recommend some reading during that time. So in preparation for season two and just in preparation for life in general. All right, I am jumping in to tell you about a book that I'm recommending that you read in between seasons one and seasons two. I cannot say enough about it. It's called The Coddling of the American Mind, How Good Intentions and Bad Ideas Are Setting Up a Generation for Failure. Get it. Read it. You're going to love it. What I love about it and what I think is great for for us in terms of parent-wise and the long game parenting method is that while they can identify the problems, and it's not just them, it's Julie Lithgott-Hames where she talks about in her book How to Raise an Adult. They're very good at 
at knowing what the problems are. And they'll say, you know, you've got to give your kid more unstructured, you know, free unstructured playtime, uh, independent unstructured playtime, or you have to let, you have to encourage your child to be who they are. And all of these things are true, but there's no one who tells you how to do those things. Right. Right. How do you give your child, like, do you, put your child outside and then say, don't come back to the sun goes down like they used to. Like, you know, how do you go from play dates with parents hovering to unstructured playtime? Right. How do you take a child who's really scheduled and, and unschedule them? Right. How do you make the decisions about what they, what should stay and what should go and how much time they should have? Right. And that's where, where parent wise comes in. Because we're, that's what we teach are those specific things. Right. How do, you, how do you start to back away from your child to give them more autonomy? Right. Um, you know, that's, that's a really important issue. The other thing that I want to mention since we're at the end of this episode, I think it's important for parents listening to this to think about what they need and to just let us know because... Our hope is to be guided by parents' needs. Oh yeah, and that's, that's the whole point. So I we can't we can't do our job well if you don't give us an assist, because th- the most important thing for us is that we be relevant, and that we give you the best material. I mean, in the last couple of months, Carrie and I have read a number of books, and we've split up the books. We've looked at pieces of each, and the fact is when you're in the midst of parenting it's very hard to get the time to read all of those books yeah it's just you know you're parenting 24 7 and then to take a a huge portion of that time to try and educate yourself is really tough and we would like to be able to give you the highlights um, and that way you can pick and choose which of these things is most important to put your energy into well, I hope that everybody has enjoyed season one of ParentWise podcast. And um, and if, if you have enjoyed season one, we would really appreciate it if you would go to... Uh, go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Um, also, we're on Spotify. And leave us a written review. We love the five stars. That's awesome. But a written review on you know what you think about the podcast... Um, is just is so so useful to us and we rely on that information to be able to make educated decisions on what to what to talk about right what's the most important things and I I just have this feeling Carrie I don't think we're gonna run out of material anytime soon no no I mean think about we're only dealing with children 0 to 10 we haven't even gotten tweens and teens right and And we will yeah eventually someday but I don't not well, we need we need to to get into that. We got we got we got to like really nail down Cover what this. we can what we can do here. Right. I, I don't. You know how I am. I like to beat something to death before I start beating something else. <laughs> so also, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We are under Parent Wise Parent W H Y S. And go to parentwise.com where you can do a number of different things. We will be posting free and pay for content, webinars, and things of that nature. We're going to be um, uh, putting a coaching program out, uh, which is going to be amazing. So we're we're really we're we're percolating on a lot of different things. Um, looking forward to uh, to bringing those things out and 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 introducing them. 
All right. All right. And uh, have a wonderful March. Yes. Spring or whatever it is that you're listening to this. That's true. They could listen at at Christmas. They could listen at Christmas. They could listen in 2022. Yes. Is anyone there listening in 2022? (laughs) Why is no one answering? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Much love. Go out there and parent the best you can. Thank you.